0: Hey everyone, my name is Nick.
1: And my name's Kat. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Made for You and Me. An educational entertaining podcast on the history, geology, wildlife, and other fun facts within America's best idea, the National Parks. The National
0: Parks. Today is Sunday, November 22nd,
1: 2020. Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, So, man, it's just fine by. November is like... I don't know. 2020 is crazy. Obviously, we've all heard it and said it ourselves a thousand times. But um, for me personally, November just like is whizzing by. <laughs> <laughs> like it's the word whiz. It's funny <laughs> to
1: me. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't know what I've done with my November, but I am excited for this upcoming week and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. regardless of. Not being able to spend it with family or anything like that. It's just like a moment to sit down and be thankful for all the things that we do
0: have. Exactly. And to celebrate. As well as just taking a breath.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So I had some feedback um, this week from one of our uh, constant listeners. Okay. Not my my dad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not my fiancé. If you will, like a real listener. uh,
1: (laughs) A good friend okay um
0: but not a relative not or a someone who's <laughs> so
1: obligated yeah that they okay. live with me or like they hear me i talk
0: about all the time. i would i would categorize that as a real listener. <laughs>
1: Th- thanks real listeners <laughs> um and apparently we just drone on and on at the beginning and like it's just like when are they gonna actually talk about the national parks um. and i was like um, first of all, you can fast forward, but second of all, this is an entertaining right. podcast. We're here to be entertaining,
0: both <laughs> but, for you and for ourselves.
1: But I think, yeah, recognizing listener feedback will like move it on a little bit faster. But I still want to tell you about my week.
0: I want to hear about your week. And additionally, I feel like it's sometimes jarring. To have our like, you know, if we were to be like, hey everyone, my name is Nick, my name is Kat, thanks for listening to our podcast, today we're talking like right away, you know? I feel like we need a little smoothing in, whatever, like you said, people can fast forward if they want, but I mean, I also want that for myself, to not just like, not be all business, you know, the whole time.
1: Completely agree.
0: So, but you're right, it's good to take some feedback, (laughs) take some criticism, good note.
1: We appreciate you, Skylar.
0: Thanks, Skylar. (laughs) Thanks, Skylar. (laughs) <laughs> um, didn't mean to like totally trash your feedback,
1: uh, but I do.
0: I, I I need that for myself. A little warm up at the beginning.
1: No, and I like hearing about what book you're reading. Oh, so what book are you reading? So
0: right now I'm reading a book <laughs> called Dark in Death, and I forget the author.
1: Never mind. I
0: don't. So hear about it's this. so okay. I actually just learned this last night. So it's very. I I like found it on. I have the app Goodreads and I found it on Goodreads and I was like, what the heck? So November started out really strong. I read this today's the twenty second. I've already read three books in November. Wow. I'm on my fourth. I'm just a reading machine and I I have coined a term for the books that I like to read. And because I used to call them beach reads.
1: Nicholas novels.
0: Sure. Yeah. No, that's not what I have coined the term. But I mean, if people don't like the term that I've coined, then like Nicholas Novels is a good one, too. I really like
1: alliteration.
0: I called them beach reads. And that, to me, meant just like a nice, easy book to have on the beach. But I realized that wasn't descriptive enough. So I now am using the term Space Jam books. (laughs) Similar (laughs) to the movie Space Jam Everyone likes it. You enjoy it. It's not like the most groundbreaking, Oscar worthy, intense, you know, like moving emotional story. But you have a good time. The movie ends and you're like, great, that was fun. Um, And it was just like it's just like an easy story. So even though the books that I like to read do have more serious themes like Murder and financial ruin and whatever. It's still like overall just an easy, entertaining book, you know? So the books that I read myself and I recommend are, if it's not too much of a stretch, kind of similar to watching the movie Space Jam.
1: Why did we reference Space Jam in this podcast already? There was another time where you referenced Space Jam.
0: I mean, I'm, oh, we were talking about The Roadrunner. Oh,
1: yes. Yeah, okay. so
0: yes. Not, a, not a stretch.
1: No, not a stretch at all. I was just like, I was over here like trying to think of either something funny or to reference back to that. And I didn't come up with either. I just came up with that question. But that's, a yeah, I like the way that you put that. Mm. Um,
0: oh, so anyway, what I was, what, what I realized this week, and then I was like, what? So this book that I got, um, have you heard of Ollie's
1: cat? Yes. Oh
0: my gosh, I love Ollie's. And I'm so <laughs> Thankful. There's speaking of Thanksgiving coming up this, right <laughs> right now, <laughs> just so everyone motion. can visualize. So speaking of Thanksgiving coming up this week, one of the things I'm most thankful for in my life lately is Ollie's. <laughs> Ollie's Bargain Outlet is the official name for those of you who do are so unfortunate to not have an Ollie's in your town, but we have an Ollie's and they have books and they're very cheap, like. A cookbook, like a $30 cookbook that you would get from Barnes & Noble or even Amazon is $4.99 at Ollie's. And so I've been going into Ollie's and just going to the novel section and like letting the book find me. But I look it up on Goodreads and if it has below a 3.7, I am not going to read it. Oh. I trust the readers and I trust the reviews. If it has below a 3.7, I'm just not going to... Spend my time on it. So, anyway, this book that I I've feel been like reading. Most
1: people's opinions in general are trash. So, I, I disagree.
0: Well, <laughs> if it has like a thousand <laughs> reviews, I'm like, hmm. But most of these books have like 20,000 reviews or more okay. on Goodreads. So, I'm okay. like, I guess I'll take your word for it. And for the most part, a very I'm so sorry Skylar (laughs) we're like (laughs) (laughs) Kat gave your feedback and I was like screw that I'm talking about my books I'm reading so anyway um I do not read the book if it's rated less than 3.7 but so this book that I found at Ollie's was rated to 4.2 and I've been reading it and I'm like I'm not super into it and granted I'm only like 60 pages in but still like i'm not hella invested right now and so i looked it up on goodreads and i was like what did what did this get like i'm so surprised it has a 4.2 and i'm like what so i'm gonna keep reading it i need to read at least half of it before i give up on it but anyway this is this author's 46th installment of a series that's and they all are dark in. No, they're all something in death, which is, like, kind of creepy and disturbing, but it's, like, the first one is, like, naked in death, and there's, like, vengeance what? in death, What is something in death. Jesus. Something They're all in death, so this one's dark in death, and in the first page, someone is murdered in a movie theater, in a dark movie theater. So, anyway, Kat, I can imagine that you really regret asking me what book <laughs> I'm on right now, but that is my current... Situation, and um, I hope we didn't lose listeners from me rambling on about it. You lost me, (laughs) (laughs) cat. Like, started to play with her split ends as I was telling this story. Uh, I do not have split ends. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, but anyway, that's
1: my my newest (gasps) thing. That was so catty. Okay, well, (laughs) (laughs) changing the subject, (laughs) uh, today I brought up the fact that we were talking about Elderly pups in our last mm, and we sweetest. went through all of the dogs online and I think I'm getting close. Are you serious? I'm getting closer. Did you get my Snapchat from this uh, weekend? I did you cried, I over cried. Some on the beach. You
0: guys, I was on the beach <laughs> with my dog playing fetch, and this woman in like maybe her sixties came up to me and she's like, Can my dog say hi to your dog? And I was like, Cooper, whenever we're playing ball and fetch on the beach, like he does not care about anything else in the world. So, like, I would love for your dog to say hi to my dog but I doubt Cooper's gonna care and Cooper did not care but your boy definitely cared and she was like we just got her and like we were a little hesitant about like how she was gonna be socially because she's eight years old and we got her from a shelter this summer but we've had her since July and we know that she loves people and loves other dogs and I just started crying in my mind there was nothing nothing more pure than adopting a senior dog yeah from a shelter. I like,
1: agree I completely oh, agree oh gosh uh, we have we have our limits for like how much we could spend on like medical reasons. So mm-hmm. I like, can't be a dog that was like um, surrendered because of that. Because I mean we have a budget, but like yeah, no. Uh-huh. I and, and you know maybe your next book could be death by dog love, and it could be
0: talking and it about probably be about me. <laughs> how
1: you died because you adopted a senior dog and it died the next week. I don't uh-huh. know. <laughs>
0: But I just, I, I just truly think there is something so wonderful and pure and incredible about adopting a senior dog and just letting it live out its last couple of years, just chilling, doing its thing with lots of love, lots of table scraps, lots of long walks on the beach I have where a we live. Very just... serious question. Okay, let's hear it. What national park are we
1: talking about today?
0: <laughs> that is. Okay, cool. No, that, that's valid. That is so valid. Anyway, it's
1: been seven
0: minutes. If if anyone wants a separate episode on Just us, talking. Uh, us talking, or more specifically on us talking about dogs and I dog mean, adoption, do that, yes. let us know. We are so happy. I mean, I'm so happy to do that. But oh. sorry, <laughs> I apologize. Today we are talking about Hawaii Volcanoes National Woo! Park. Yay, that I only took happy. 10 minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so sorry, but also not really. <laughs> um, great, yes. So, Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is an American national park on the island of, you guessed it, Hawaii. I introduce every park saying, like, it's an American national park here. And none of them have been so obvious as this one. But I, I didn't want to, like, get off my theme of mm-hmm. saying where it was. So... Let's talk about Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Recent lava flows stretch out for miles in a rocky wasteland that more closely resembles the moon than Earth. Huge waves splash dozens of feet into the air along wild, craggy coastline. Endangered birds waddle across the path on an ascent up the world's largest single mountain. If the timing is right, you can catch a natural firework show of lava pouring into the ocean or of plumes of molten rock arching above one of the world's rare lava lakes. In the park there are two celebrated volcanoes, one of them very tall, the other very active. From glowing lava flows the earth-shaking tremors to wind, rain, and waves. The geological and meteorological forces that shaped our planet are fully on display in the park. While volcanism is by far the most popular trait of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, there are pockets of rainforests and grasslands that shelter rare Hawaiian flora and fauna.
1: I like the, the, the comparison of this to the, the moon.
0: It's, I'm now, it's cool. I've never been to the moon, but I've heard that areas of this park are very moon-like. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, the park is 323,431 acres, making it the 24th largest park of the 62 American national parks there were 1.1 million visitors in 2018 making it the 21st most visited park that year it was first established on august 1st 1916 as hawaii national park and then later given the name it holds today and the park encompasses like i said two active volcanoes Quick pause. We will be saying a number of Hawaiian words in this episode, and we are going to do our very best as we always do, but just bear with us. Um, So the two active volcanoes in this park are Kilauea, which is one of the world's most active volcanoes, and Mauna Loa, the world's most massive shield volcano. The park provides scientists with insight into the birth and development of the Hawaiian Islands and ongoing studies into the process of volcanism.
1: Excellent. Yes.
0: So kind of similar to Pinnacles, Mm -hmm. the history of the park is much more than just human history. It goes back long, long, long time. So, Kat, do you wanna take it away and start with the history of this park?
1: Yeah, and I do wanna mention, like I I think we both recognize that geologically a lot of a lot of the parks have something special. Um, sorry to all the geologists that we don't go into that each time. Some of it's just not interesting enough to put in an hour. Mm -hmm. So this is super interesting, just like Petrified Forest was. I recognize the rest of it's also super interesting to you, but I can't even read it with, and like pay attention long enough. So I can't talk about it. So I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's just, yeah. We Yeah. Recognize. All right. All right. Hawaii is a series of islands that have been in creation for over 70 million years through what's called a geological hotspot.
0: (laughs) She couldn't get through it. She could not get through it. (laughs) If
1: I had gotten through the word geological, it would have been better. Okay. The hotspot theory is fairly simple. The Earth's crust has many tectonic plates that we know and they move around most volcanoes happen between these plates or when they hit each other or move apart. However, a hot spot is when a volcano forms in the middle of a plate. And that's when magma, magma, which is lava that hasn't left the volcano yet, Mm -hmm. erupts from the seafloor and goes through the plate. Got it. So the Hawaii islands are created from a hot spot in the Pacific plate. And the cool part about this is that The way the plate is moving, it's going from southeast to northwest, is also the age of the islands. So as it moves, they become younger, right? So the ones most northwest are the youngest. And um, a series of islands is also called an archipelago. But as we know, I can barely say my own name well. So I'm (laughs) going to say a series of islands. Great. But I do like the word archipelago. Me too. I wish I could... Name a pet that so I could say it all the time. Okay. Um, as you just mentioned, uh, Mauna Loa.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how I say it. So, <laughs> yeah, congrats.
1: the volcano measures taller than 30,000 feet from the base, making it the tallest mountain on the planet. However, only 13,000 feet of that are actually above sea level. So, you don't see a lot of that. It's actually underwater, but that's how these volcanoes are occurring. So I also wanted to talk a little bit about um, two other things that make the geology really special, which is the fact that it is an island. And so when islands occur, we have island or insular biogeography. And so, this is a field that examines the factors that affect species richness or diversification of isolated natural communities. So, when you're, they're in isolation, they're going to create different um, species in different ways than if you have like a large amount of land with, you know, um, all of this area and space for, I guess, elongated. Um, changes in geography you know what oh, i mean okay. so like so when it's
0: like a more concentrated yeah area. so
1: it's more concentrated okay. so um so depending on the source which i looked up a lot and they all varied a lot um hawaii is 1500 to 2500 miles away from the nearest landmass, so it really has been evolving mm-hmm. alone okay so like I was mentioning the all these islands are very special. Hawaii and all other like islands in the middle of the sea. And they undergo um these different pressures that contribute to a different type of species and diversification. Because they have this unique and isolated nature, this means that plants and animals have new influences on them that develop their evolution. I'm just repeating myself in a better way. Thank you. Thank you, world. So in the 70 million years of evolution, Hawaii has incubated 90% brand new species on land. So not seen anywhere else. And it's also um, has 21,383 species, and out of those, 8,795 are endemic to the Hawaiian Islands, meaning that you can't find them anywhere else in the world. So that's pretty cool. So not only has it created 90% brand new species, half of those still don't exist anywhere else. <clears throat> All right. So the... Hawaii islands are also fascinating to me because there's this brand new land developing. So as we mentioned before, volcanoes, new stuff kind of like the moon, and <clears throat> one website described it as like having a front seat to creation. So the newest land what is created because of the lava is lifeless at the very beginning right. and because Makes it sense. but it's quickly filled in with algae, lichen, and ferns. And it gives entirely new ecosystems. So there's also these areas called Kipuka. And Kipuka is an area of land that is surrounded by, but unaffected by the lava flow. So now we have these islands that are developing outside of other influences. And then you have Kipuka, which are islands basically within islands. Cool. It's super cool. And so this may happen on the side of a hill, or as the lava encounters something, so it's pushed away and it protects the land below. Um, But because there are these areas where the lava hasn't touched, the seeds and animals that are in those kipukas um, help re, what's the word they used? Hold on, recolonize the area beside it. Okay. So it is really cool, and it's just because of all of this very unique geography, Hawaii is a super special place. Um, we'll we'll talk in the end, as we always do, about how things are being affected by people. Mm. But um, yeah, I think that the evolution of it and and why why it is so unique is really important to put on the front end. Agreed. So that's done.
0: Okay. Is it my turn? It's your turn. So now I'm going to talk about the human history of Hawaii and how Hawaii Volcanoes National Park became a national park. So before I really begin, I'm going to give a very brief emphasis on brief history of Hawaii because in my research on Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, there was not much about Hawaii as a place or the Hawaiian people, so I had to look that up separately. But like we said in our first episode, Whenever we talked about how, in talking about the human history, we're going to mention multiple times how the creation of these parks often came with the marginalization and ruin of some Native peoples. Um, So that being said, I'm really torn between like celebrating what we have now Mm -hmm. and like feeling guilty about it. So I don't want anyone to have these feelings that I'm feeling, I'm just going to state this history very matter-of-factly because it's important um, and it's pertinent to the history of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park because we are a national park podcast. I need to share that. Does all that make sense? Done. I hope I didn't say Check. that too awfully. No,
1: I, I think it was very well said. Okay,
0: thank you. So, the brief history of Hawaii. Let's get into it. First, su- first settlers to claim Hawaii was sometime between the years 124 and 1120 A.D. The islands were first settled by the Polynesians. Um, which, going back to your comment earlier, Kat, about how Hawaii, Hawaii being like at least 1,500 miles from any landmass, that's like insane. That Polynesians in big canoes,
1: right? Like found
0: Hawaii. Like that's. <laughs> That is wild to me.
1: Someone was really excited. (laughs) Honestly,
0: I would be. So Polynesians came to Hawaii and uh, civilization was isolated from the rest of the world for at least 500 years. Then Europeans led by British explorer James Cook were among the initial imperialistic groups to arrive in the Hawaiian islands in 1778. However, Spanish historians and some other researchers state that Spanish captain Rue Lopez de Villalbos was the first European to settle the islands in 1542, which is plausible because Hawaii is on the route that links the Philippines and Mexico across the Pacific Ocean. Um, And the Philippines did have, or and Spain did have some major ports in uh, the Philippines and Mexico. So that was a, a very popular traveled route. So could it be the Spanish? Could it be British? Not entirely sure, Um, but within five years after Cook's arrival, European military technology helped Kamehameha, the first, conquer and unify the islands for the first time, establishing the kingdom of Hawaii in 1795. The kingdom was prosperous and important for its agricultural and strategic location in the Pacific. Um, American immigration began almost immediately after Cook's arrival, led by Protestant missionaries. Americans set up plantations to grow sugar, um, and their methods of plantation farming required substantial labor. So, waves of immigrants came in from Japan, China, and the Philippines to work in the fields, um, and the government of Japan actually organized and gave special protection to its people, who compromised about 25% of the Hawaiian population by 1896. The native population sadly succumbed to disease brought by Europeans, particularly smallpox, declining from declining the population from 300,000 in the 1770s to just over 60,000 in the 1850s to then 24,000 in 1920. So it really decimated that population. Uh, Americans within the kingdom government rewrote the constitution, severely curtailing the power of King... Kala Ka'ua, also known as King David, and disenfranchised the rights of most Native Hawaiians and Asian citizens to vote through extensively high property and income requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, And this gave a sizable advantage to plantation owners. So again, Americans who were there rewrote the constitution and there was a coup. So super sucky. Hate that. The Hawaiian monarch at the time, Queen... Lily Okalani attempted to restore royal powers in 1893, but was placed under house arrest by businessmen with help from the U.S. military and against the Queen's wishes. The Republic of Hawaii was formed for a short time. The government agreed on behalf of Hawaii to join the U.S. in 1998 as a territory of Hawaii, so forced into becoming an American territory. And then in 1959, the islands became the state of Hawaii um, of the United States. Well,
1: it was in 1998?
0: Um, 1898. Sorry, okay. did I say 19? Yeah. And oh, I okay. was like... Sorry, sorry. Um, I was
1: like during the Olympics. No, the, go- the government agreed
0: oh, on behalf of Hawaii to join the US in 1898 as a territory of Hawaii. So not to be a downer, but like that super sucks. That's a very shameful part of American history hate that. We should all do whatever we can to recognize the legitimacy of the Hawaiian natives.
1: And they've had to do so much, even recently, policy-related, in order to maintain agricultural lands, because everyone wants to live there, and they just Mm. want to, like, sprawl out. And Hawaii, just like any island, you have to import everything you need. So, like, it just costs people more to import everything when they could have all this beautiful agricultural land. We learned about that in class.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah. um, For sharing something that you learned about in school here. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, I'm gonna move on before I just okay. get really angry
1: and get a be in your bonnet.
0: Um, but that's the history of Hawaii as a very brief history of Hawaii. So let's talk about Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. So uh, one of the mountains, Kilauea, yeah, one of the mountains, Kilauea, and its caldera were traditionally considered. The sacred home of the volcano goddess Pele, and Hawaiians visited the crater to offer gifts to the goddess. So, Kat, do you want to talk about what a caldera is?
1: Oh, because we talked about it a little bit in the in the Hawaii. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, just I wanted to give you the opportunity. Well, it's, to, to well
1: if I. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong it's a crater on the side of a volcano
0: yeah or even yes. just in the middle of the volcano okay. but my understanding is that a caldera is specifically a volcanic crater okay Um, Because obviously there are like meteor craters and uh, like dynamite craters. But a cauldra is a volcanic crater.
1: (laughs) I think I described it as like if someone took the first scoop out of the Grand Canyon, that's what it looks like. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It really Um, does.
0: No, that that kind of is what it looks like. Uh, It's formed by two different methods. The first is an explosive volcanic eruption or uh, just a collapse of surface rock into an empty magma chamber. But it creates just a big old divot. (laughs) Um, So that is what uh, significance the mountain, uh, the the volcano Kilauea had to Hawaiian natives. Um, In 1790, a party of warriors, along with women and children who were in the area, were caught in an unusually violent eruption. Many were killed. um, And those who survived and ran away left footprints in the lava that are Mm -hmm. still visible today. Mm -hmm. Which is sad, but nuts. Um, the first Western visitors were English missionary William Ellis and American Asa, I think Asa Asa Thurston, A.S.A. I don't know how to say her name. Um, but they went to Kilauea in 1823, and Ellis wrote of his reaction to the first sight of seeing the erupting volcano, and he said. A spectacle, sublime and even appalling, presented itself before us. We stopped and trembled. Astonishment and awe for some moments rendered us mute. And like statues, we stood fixed to the spot with our eyes riveted on the abyss below. Um, Which I think is a very eloquent way of saying the volcano erupted and it was cool as hell. <laughs> which is what we would be saying in twenty twenty. Yes, yes. <laughs> um but uh just, oh God,
1: yeah, the yeah, volcano erupted. Exactly. Erode. There'd be
0: many, many memes uh, <laughs> from this volcanic eruption. Um, but that is the way that um, William Ellis stated it. So the volcano became a tourist attraction in the eighteen forties and a series of hotels were built along the rim. But today, the volcano house is the only hotel or restaurant located within the borders of the national park and it's actually one of the oldest existing hotels in the national park system wow that is still functioning today so how did it become a park so going back to um the person's name that i don't know how to pronounce asa we'll say Aza, uh their grandson lauren thurston was one of the driving forces behind the establishment of the park after investing in a hotel from 1891 to 1904. So I'm getting a theme that people um, invested in property and wanted their tourism business to take off so they really pushed for uh, the creation of a national park in this area. Um, Which I mean worked out well because of what the national park system is but It's just like very self-interested. So Thurston, who then owned the Honolulu Advertiser newspaper, printed editorials in favor of the park idea. In 1907, the territory of Hawaii paid for 50 members of Congress and their wives to visit Haleeakala and Kilauea, including a dinner that was cooked over lava steam vents.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Which is so neat. Uh, And then in 1908, Thurston entertained Secretary of the Interior James Rudolph Garfield and another congressional delegation the following year. Governor Walter F. Fear proposed a draft bill in 1911 to create Kilauea National Park for only 50,000 smackaroos. So Thurston and a local landowner, William Herbert Shipman, proposed boundaries, but ran into some opposition with ranchers. And then Thurston printed endorsements from John Muir, shout out, Henry Cabot Lodge, and former president Theodore Roosevelt. After several attempts, the legislation introduced by Delegate Jonah Guio Kalaiana Ole finally passed to create the park. The bill was signed by President Woodrow Wilson on August first, 1916. Hawaii National Park became the 11th national park in the United States and the first in a territory. The park was officially renamed Hawaii Volcanoes National Park after being split from Haleakala National Park on September 22, 1961 which is still its own park today. Oh, yeah. And there'll be another episode on that. And then in 2004, an additional 115,788 acres of Kauku Ranch were added to the park, which was the largest land acquisition in Hawaii's history. Fascinating. (laughs)
1: Um, I I love the uh, repeating the story over and over again that like you have to bring people to a space for them to appreciate it and want to take care of it Mm -hmm. so kudos again for bringing them there and then cooking them food on top of lava that's really cool actually
0: that's so neat yeah um great cat yeah have any fun plants and animals you want to talk about
1: yeah do we want to take a break
0: oh my gosh that's such a good idea i didn't even (laughs) think about that cool all right well we're gonna take a break and we will be back we're back oh hi hi hey everyone uh cool well now that we talked about the history both um geological history and human history of hawaii volcanoes national park kat's gonna take it away with her critter corner segment which i still (laughs) don't have a jingle for um maybe i will one day
1: there's um plants in this one too more plants than usual i got there's lots of plants in hawaii
0: oh of course of course i sorry, i did <laughs> i didn't pause like meaning that you were wrong I, i'm thinking like another <laughs> like, like another yeah, c word for i know plants since we both love alliteration so much yeah. but like um but yeah we will brainstorm off the record on that and um come up with something cool but i'm actually really excited to uh hear about some of the gnarly plants that are in this park.
1: <laughs> yes. So this was extremely difficult to narrow it down to what I wanted to talk about. I do have four today, two plants and two animals. Um And the way I finally narrowed it down was animals and plants that also had, and there's very, this was not, this didn't narrow it down too much either, but that have cultural significance in Hawaii. Okay. Because I just think that their culture is also absolutely fascinating and amazing and um has a i mean it's a part of this story um not that the other parks don't have that but this seems like very interwoven so love that yes all right so i'm going to start with plants today and my first plant is the ohia tree I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing everything wrong. Mm -mm. There we go. It's an endemic tree, so it's only in Hawaii. Um, And it epitomizes Hawaii as an integral part of the native Hawaiian culture. The ohia is part of Hawaii's cultural heritage, and the leaves and the iconic red blossoms are woven into the Hawaiian culture. So you probably can envision this in your head right now. It's the red blossoms that look look like a, a bunch of little pokies coming out I I it almost can, looks like a it. um a sea urchin or something of that nature um maybe you want to describe it
0: um yeah i'm i'm looking it mm-hmm. up um i'm, going I'm being to quiet, quiet so that you don't have the clickies oh no i've never i've never heard that before or i've <laughs> really? never seen this before
1: okay well yeah. i worked at a florist and we used them infrequently but they were always very beautiful
0: i know what you mean by pokey
1: Pokey.
0: Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like I can't they think of would another... be spiky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, neat. I don't know what else they look like, really. Neither do I. But they so... have, But they have like these red flowers blossoming mm-hmm. all around. And
1: they're woven into the Hawaiian culture through songs, history, and religious traditions. Cool. So this is my favorite part. There are two common but contrasting stories about how the Ohia was created because, you know. Yeah. So I am going to do um, the story that's sweeter and more beautiful. Uh, right. A well-known and most likely modern story tells us how the volcanic deity Pele and her jealousy transformed <gasps> two lovers Ooh. into the Ohia. Pele had a strong romantic interest in an attractive man named Ohia. Ohia was already in love with a woman named Leua. However, in an act of wild jealousy, Pele transformed him into a gnarled tree and Pele refused to undo what she had done. And so Leua asked her amukakua, defined as family ancestors, to intervene. Okay. They decided to transform her into a brightly colored blossom that adorns the Ohia tree so that they could forever be together. And to this day, it said, if you pick the tree's flower, it will begin to rain because the two lovers are being separated. Oh! I
0: know. That's, like, sweet and really scary and kind of awful. So Pele (laughs) liked this dude. The dude didn't like her back. She turned him into a tree. Yes. And then... This dude's girl was like, oh, that sucks, but I want to be with this guy. So then she asked Pele's relatives who were gods and goddesses. I think she
1: asked her own family ancestors, not Pele's relatives. Oh, oh she just, asked
0: her ancestors who had the ability to turn her into a flower.
1: Yeah, self-admittedly, I oh. just skipped over the word because I was like, I'm going to pronounce that wrong. And then I was like, oh, that was imperative no, to the sentence. Word. like, okay, oh, cool. No, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. so Leua asked her own family ancestors to wow. intervene in the in the thing. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, I just think that's really cute. The ohia is a cornerstone plant species. We learned about cornerstone last week with the beavers no so if you take out this species the whole ecosystem falls apart wow. that's supports the entire forest ecosystem along islands of hawaii including countless birds plants and animals some of which exist nowhere else on earth without it wildlife would lose uh cover food and places to roost especially since it makes up 80 percent of the trees in the native forest wow yes so
0: so how tall do these guys get Really sure. I don't think they're particularly tall. Uh, in the pictures I'm looking at, they look like they, they vary, but that they're also not, like, that you're right, they're not particularly so, tall. So,
1: um, this is going off of what I've learned in class. So, a lot of trees especially that grow near salt water mm-hmm. will have that angle it looks like they've been blown yeah, one yeah. way that's actually the sea spray and so as the air moves salt water over it it it's basically like a tree can't grow where salt water is always hitting it so that's why it kind of leans the other yeah, way
0: leaning. yep um, on Wikipedia it says that they actually are uh, anywhere between 66 and 82 feet tall
1: that doesn't seem very tall it doesn't not to me i don't know maybe it is i don't know
0: um but that's how tall they are whatever your perspective is on tall (laughs) that is what they are
1: yeah it's um so anyway they're cool um they do have those beautiful red blooms and um i think they were worth talking about so beautiful um, the next one I have less information about, but it's going to be one of those things that you're just like, "Uh, oh, that is Hawaii. So it's one plant. It can be called the ki, the tea, the lahi. Whoa. <laughs> but so when you're thinking of Hawaii Team and Hawaii. the um, like hula hoop or hula hoop. <laughs> 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 kind of. The hula dancers and uh-huh. their skirts and like. Um, maybe the chiefs and like what they have around their neck, you think of that one specific leaf. And that is the tea, the ki, or the lahi. Um, They're all the same plant. So they're so important to the Hawaiian culture. They are very thick and shiny. So they're like durable leaves, basically. And they have been used for pretty much everything. They have been used for... Uh, clothing hula skirts raincoats uh what you call them sandals to make tents with to like add like extra waterproof to your canoe like insane amount of uses for this one leaf they also would um chill them down For headaches, and they would put hot rocks on them, um, and cover them, and put them on sore muscles. Versatile plant. You can also ferment the rhizomes um, underneath them to make a liquor. (laughs) Dang! Uh, But the list goes on. Yeah, Hawaiians believe that uh, these are connected to the highest energy levels are gods. And so they have been used to protect the Hawaiians from evil spirits. So they mm-hmm. always carry them and wear them. Um, they're just your, you know, I, I would call it, well, they actually call them canoe leaves. So they're almost like the shape of a canoe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Um, what happens is they grow from the middle of the plant and then the outer ones will turn yellow as they're kind of dying off, but it takes them forever. So the oh. the different amounts of decay, I suppose, uh, gives you different sources of use as well. Do they kind of look like um, an elephant ear plant? Um, if it was in the shape of a canoe. Because <laughs> I'm, <'cause>
0: I'm Googling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just put good. in K-I or T-I oh, T- okay yeah and
1: not like T-E or T-E-A um, so when I so funny oh, not no, that you no, were no, saying no. that okay
0: okay no it's not what I was thinking of okay cool but I do now oh sweet yes
1: yeah so when I was reading the first time of all the different uses um, <laughs> it said around the neck of chiefs
0: i and see a picture and, for this. Yes. And,
1: and I thought it said chefs. So <laughs> I thought it was like a bib situation. <laughs> I and I was like, oh, uh, that's special. That is, I was like, I That mean, makes a lot of sense.
0: I mean, but, if you can make a liquor out of it, then why not uh, turn into a bib? Right. That is so good. Yeah, I'm seeing <laughs> um, like bags and purses and all sorts of clothing. Um, that's good. As well as around the neck of... Chefs, <laughs> that's so funny,
1: yeah. So, and I think the sandals is probably my favorite, like, use yeah, for them. Wow. Um, so that was they're just they're integral to every single aspect of the culture, which so I thought cool. was fun. So, I'm gonna skip. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna skip. Don't so, don't skip, don't skip. Do you know? The gas station that's mostly, I think it's um, in the northeast, called Wawa. I do. Have you ever looked up what Wawa means?
0: Uh, I have not. Other than a baby saying water.
1: I, ha- <laughs> I had to look it up when I was up there. I was like, why is everyone going around going Wawa? <laughs> it's just- it actually the um, Native American term for a Canadian goose.
0: Oh.
1: Um, and that's why they Weird. have a Canadian goose on their sign. So, this mm. bird is called the Nene. 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 Nene.
0: Like to dance. Now watch <laughs> me whip, now watch me Nene.
1: I was actually thinking it's it's spelled like Nene from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh. So, I was calling it the Nene goose. <laughs> <from all time. laughs> I looked up the pronunciation. I like Nene. <laughs> So, um, Nene is Hawaii's state bird, and uh, they're the guardian spirits of the land.
0: They are also—they look like zebra geese.
1: I'm not done talking. Sorry, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> it helps me a lot to look these up, so I can. Oh, so sorry. I should do more
1: things like that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So, um, wow. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Nene was named on a on.
0: No judgment. <laughs> These words are hard.
1: Well, this is not even like a, a Hawaiian word. Oh. It's, it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still not judgment.
1: Onomatopoeckale, which means that it they were named after the noise that they make.
0: Oh, my God. Sipnene. So, <laughs> or wawa. <laughs> That's awesome. But it,
1: I didn't put this in my notes, but they said they also sound like a, a lot like a cow. And I'm just like, how does NeNe and cow sound like moo sound anything? Anyway.
0: Whatever. All
1: right. So these are, as you mentioned, uh, what did you say? A zebra? I said zebra birds. They are most likely the the descendants of a Canadian goose that got lost its GPS service. Uh, that is
0: awesome. <laughs> so yeah. they probably
1: were in some kind of storm in their migration and ended that up in
0: wild. on Hawaii. Yeah, they look like, I mean, they have the bodies of geese. They look very much like geese, but like their coloring... Which is not which is not like um, like hair like a zebra or a horse, but like their feathers are in like a stripe pattern. Mm-hmm. And it makes to me it looks like a zebra.
1: Yeah, they they look very similar to a Canadian goose zebra hybrid.. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they stand about 16 inches tall, roughly around two feet long. They can weigh anywhere from three and a half to six and a half pounds. And the males are a little bit small, larger than the females, but they look exactly the same. You know how some birds, like the male, will be like a bright color? And, oh, yeah. yeah. These the birds 90s. like, very similar to each other. So um, they are unique from other goose because the nene have feet that have adapted to land. So instead of like the webbed uh-huh. feet, they have long toes, Ew. almost like a chicken foot. What? Yeah. Which is funny because they, they mostly walk around and stuff. And when I go hiking, I always try to grab the ground with my feet, Yeah. even through my boots. It's so weird. And I always get like a cramp on the top of my foot because I'm walking around. I always said I walk around like a monkey, but now I'm going to say I walk around like a nene. <laughs> And they grip the landscape as they move. That's so cool. Um, Although the nene were once endangered, its numbers are currently on the rise thanks to conservation efforts. So you'll likely get the chance to view these unique creatures in person if you visit Hawaii. They spend most of their time on the ground, but they can also fly, so you can look in either place. And a few fun facts about the nene. Let's hear them. Breeding season is from August to April, longer than any other goose.
0: Oh.
1: Um, Females... Lay their nest on the ground and they have three to four eggs at a time, which is a lot. Is it? I yes. don't know
0: anything about birds or laying eggs, but you, a chicken owner, probably have more perspective.
1: <sighs> Any bird laying more than like two eggs is a lot. Okay. I
0: feel like. Get um, it.
1: The goslings are precocial, which means they're able to feed themselves. Oh, wow. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So, nai All right. And then my last one, which is one that my fiancé picked because I could not pick between this or a sea turtle. But I figured everyone has seen Moana, knows the turtle stuff, so let's pick
0: something a little different. And what'd you land on?
1: So like species of birds (laughs) that um, migrate through Hawaii, which is probably why we got the Uh nene, the humpback whale makes a long seasonal migration to Hawaii. Beginning in November, whales arrive in Hawaii Islands from the North Pacific and spend the winter calving, 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 and breeding in near shore waters less than 600 feet. The coastline of the park is not a popular place for them to dwell, but they can occasionally be spotted from coast of the park where they are traveling to be more popular breeding grounds, where they are traveling to get to them. So... This was also kind of hard for me because I was like, they're not really in the park, but I think they're important. Oh,
0: no, that's great. Um, I like that addition.
1: It is possible that up to half of the entire Pacific Ocean's humpback whale population may concentrate in Hawaiian islands during the winter months. From March to May, the whales will begin the reverse trip, once again heading north, and these mammoth creatures can grow up to be 50 feet long and weighing up to 40 tons. So they're almost as tall as that tree. Right. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so,
0: love a good humpback whale.
1: Yeah, their populations have like gone up by like 18 times wow. since
0: 1966. Good. Um, love to see it.
1: Average of eight to 10,000 humpback whales visit Hawaii every year. They're the fifth largest species of whale in the world. Their <laughs> lifespan is 50 years. They consume over 3,000 pounds of
0: food per day. Same. What? Feels like. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's a lot of fish.
1: They're promiscuous breeders. Okay. They have multiple pals. Males do not play a parental role in the early life of the calves, but they will protect and guard the female during her, her stay in Hawaii. That's weird. Why are they so promiscuous and, like, controlling? That's unfair. (laughs) You can't be like that. (laughs) Anyway, so if you plan your vacation to Hawaii in the winter months, be sure to get out in the water to see these animals. They're going to be, like, possibly spouting off in the ocean and stuff like that. And they're really cool cool and special. So, um, as per usual... Um, I I feel like a broken record here, but um, civilization has ruined everything in Hawaii. <laughs> uh. So um, they are experiencing, especially that first tree. There's a lot of mm. measures being taken. Um, there's bad things happening all throughout. So because we have introduced new species, because we have introduced different fungus and different like bacteria, and it is really decimated <laughs> the Hawaiian island species. They have already lost more species than any other state in the united states <laughs> and although hawaii accounts for less than a fourth of a percent of the country's total land mass over 25 of all endangered species in the u.s are native to the hawaii oh, state no. and that's why the islands are sometimes referred to as the endangered species capital of the world doot doot Doo, doo, which is not great. Stinks. So, um, it's not good at all. Yeah. Like at all. I know. So do good things if you have money. Yeah. If you're a Rockefeller, give money to Hawaii for preservation because it's so unique and beautiful, and it's being ruined by us.
0: Uh, I hate that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and if you go, like, all the things that we always talk about before, like, make sure you wash your boots and your clothes and don't bring things from other parks and stuff like that, so. Unfortunate. Nicholas, do you have fun facts to bring us back up from that? I do. I have some
0: fun and interesting facts. I
1: do, too. Should we go back and forth?
0: um, Yeah, back and forth, yes. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. I will start off with... Erupting from 1983 to 2018, Kilauea is one of the world's most active volcanoes. Its months-long 2018 event destroyed hundreds of homes, sent massive plumes of ash rocketing into the air, and collapsed nearly 2,000 feet of the crater summit before the volcano subsided into its first period of inactivity in 35 years. Though, bubbling magma under the rifts and summit Promise another future explosion. Mm hmm. Mauna Loa, or meaning long mountain, is right next door to Kilauea, active for some 700,000 years. Kat already said this, but it's worth repeating. Mauna Loa Loa towers 13,677 feet above the sea, measured from its base. 18,000 feet below sea level, it exceeds Mount Everest in height. Mauna Loa's gently sloping bulk, some 19,000 cubic miles in volume, makes it the planet's most massive single mountain. And it's taller than Mount Everest.
1: Okay, Hawaii has the world's only drive-up volcano. You can drive right up to it and look in the hole.
0: <laughs> Nature. Um, No, I was I was reading that um, it's actually very uh, easy to see by car.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Was that your, the whole fact? That's it. Love it.
1: <laughs> Mine are, like, short
0: paths. <laughs> Mine are not. Like this one. The United <laughs> Nations has named the park both an international biosphere reserve and a world heritage site. Many of the natives... Oh, no, no, that's already We're getting back to the Debbie Downer of the invasive species. So we'll go there. You wow. already knew that. We already said it. Um, so, yeah, it's a World Heritage Site. Love it.
1: Thurston Lava Tube Trail is a tunnel that was formed when surface lava hardened and the internal liquid lava drained through, leaving a 10-foot high conduit for people to be able to walk through. Wow.
0: It's pretty cool. That's really neat. Um, Thurston. We've heard that name before. Mm -hmm. Do you know where? In our history segment. of, (laughs) (laughs) Asa. Yeah. Yeah. Asa. And then their (laughs) grandchild. Something else. With the last name Thurston. So this one's a really fun one. With lava flowing at an average rate of 800 to 1300 gallons per second, which is enough gallons of lava to fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool every five and a half days... There have been more than 500 acres of new land added to the island of Hawaii since Kilauea's consistent eruption began in 1983.
1: Wow. That's, uh, I can imagine that visually. A lot, lot land of land being <laughs> mentally added. Mentally Jager Museum educates guests on some of the best research for volcanoes and earthquakes that happen on the island because you can't actually go to, like, the research center. Right. But they have, like, all the best stuff.
0: Is the research center still Open? closed? Oh, I don't know. Because in 2018, it closed because of the eruption.
1: Because Yeah, well, they're... A lot of the websites I was looking at, there were things like, "Oh, well, basically just ask around if this road is open or closed because you never know." And I was like, "Well, geez, that is, yeah,
0: you never know. There could be some lava floating across it, which is cool." And also,
1: we're ruining everything, so we probably it's probably mad at us. It's probably
0: just ruining roads on purpose. Um, but I actually for this park I do have some standout experiences
1: Um, I have two more fun facts okay great (laughs) so one is um, I'm repeating a little bit what you said before but I I think this is important footprint trails Mm. um, are all over the park Um, actual footprints from warriors um, as well as people, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and from 1790, and it's just like Pompeii, which I try to remember Pompeii in a different episode. I could not remember. It's just a long pause, and Nick had to like, <laughs> <laughs> had to I was giving her time out, to think of yeah. it. Was it was was never thought of at least three and minutes long of just silence. <laughs> but anyway, so I think that's pretty cool because I've been to Pompeii, um, but there's also Puloa Loa petroglyphs. So the ancient like, yeah. drawings and stuff like that where prehistoric Hawaiians drew on cold lava. But legend has it that parents would put a piece of their child's umbilical cord here in carved holes to ensure the long life for their children. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Okay. Gross,
0: but also who am I to, to say that's wrong or weird?
1: Experiences.
0: Experiences. So here's some standout things to do at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. There are two outstanding auto routes that Kat um, touched on that provide easy access to the park's main attractions. Catering Drive hugs the edge of Kilauea Caldera, Caldera, sorry, and leads to viewpoints where visitors can gaze into the belly of the beast and inhale its pungent sulfur scent, <laughs> which sounds real fun. Um, although sections of the road remain closed after the 2018 eruption, near the start of their route, the Park Visitor Center offers exhibits and important safety information as well as an excellent film, Born of Fire, Born of the Sea. Born of Fire. Ring of Fire. It not What's that from? Uh, Finding Nemo. The Ring of Fire! Because they, they have a volcano in their fish tank. Yes. Uh, um, uh, next outstanding uh, experience in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is visitors can explore the chain of Craters Road, which meanders 20 miles through twisting and turning volcanic landforms between Kilauea Caldera and Hole'i Sea Arch. Numerous places along the way are worth a stop, including lofty Kiala Como Overlook, the Martian-like landscape of Maolo of Maloa o Maunaulu lava field and the boardwalk trail that leads to the Pu'u Loas petroglyphs that oh, wow. Kat mentioned. Huh. Um, and last one is to reach the summit of Mauna Loa takes about four days for most visitors. As a paved road takes visitors to Lookout Point at 6,662 v of elevation um, that leads to a 16-mile trail of woodlands and lava rock. National Park mountain huts are available for overnight stays. Oh, fun. If for whatever crazy reason you can't hike uh, 16 miles in a day like some loser, (laughs) uh, you can stay overnight.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, that was fascinating. I'm kind of sad Hawaii's over.
0: Me too. But there's another park, so we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Oh, Kat, do you have any questions, comments, thoughts, philosophies, intuitions, or ambiguities? You're
1: going to hate this one. Oh, okay. I truly believe with all of my heart that the words and music matter as much as the, the instruments and the rhythm and everything else. And because of that... I think Mariah Carey's Christmas song is trash.
0: This will be Cat's last episode of Made for You and Me. So, if anyone would like to be my new co-host, um, like
1: you can't let give your know. heart away let and then give it to someone know. else, you can't do it.
0: Wait, what do you mean? Give it give your heart away and give it to somebody.
1: Last Christmas I gave you my heart. They gave it away. What?
0: What? What do you mean? That is not a Mariah Carey song.
1: Oh, who is it?
0: I think it's Wham.
1: What? Wait. Last Christmas. Cat! What? No!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, last Christmas. I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. So this year is not a Mariah Carey song. At all? No. Like she doesn't sing it. No!
1: It is Wham. (laughs) It is. (sighs) What is her her Christmas song? All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay, well that's a decent song. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) I don't know what's happening in my world, to be honest. I feel like I have been more wrong about things than ever before <laughs> and i'm fine with it
0: but uh, who, who even is wham what do you mean who's wham well i mean i know who they're wham one of is, the most who's famous who's musical it? duos of all time is it a duo i think they are the second highest selling musical duo after hollow notes which is one of my personal favorites
1: I literally had like a full-on argument with my neighbors about this, and oh it was gosh. based on the fact that it was a Mariah Carey song.
0: Oh, I couldn't. No, it literally has never, ever been sung by Mariah Carey. I don't think like in a real recording or in a live event or of any sort. Um, Taylor Swift covered it a couple years okay, ago. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I also yeah.
1: think the the song Landslide is trash it makes no sense really yep oh my gosh that's such a good song you can't see your reflection in snow
0: oh gosh (laughs) Um, well I have a um, ambiguity ambiguity and it goes a little something like this (laughs) sometimes my lips get stuck on my (laughs) teeth. You think it looks weird, but I can't help it. Oh, my lips just get stuck on my teeth. Those are my favorite videos of all time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to take your butt to Instagram. I mean, I guess they're on TikTok too, but like I don't have TikTok because I think it's absolute trash and I don't want to see a bunch of shirtless 14-year-old boys dancing around. But if you do have TikTok in or Instagram, these videos of people recording their dog's lips getting stuck on their teeth and then they put it over this cute some, little some song. Some individual made this cute little song about dog's lips getting stuck on their teeth and it's just my favorite thing and Kat's been saying to me all week and I just love each and every one of them
1: there's another really good song that people put cute dog videos to it's like it's just my baby Baby dog dog. it's just just my baby dog dog. yeah
0: it has like a little kid singing it it's so cute
1: I love it any
0: videos of dogs I'm down for cool well uh, thank you so much for listening to us I think all you listeners deserve an extra thank you after this episode we really really appreciate it please do not go anywhere (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but you can find this and more episodes on America's National Parks, wherever you get your podcasts at Spotify, Spotify, <laughs> Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Follow us on Instagram at MFYAM Podcast. Email us, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, tune in every Wednesday for a new episode, uh, and we appreciate you, and um, you know, have a phenomenal rest of your week. You're beautiful. Bye.